San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device. And, of course, all these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a, a, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office advisor advising several high-net-worth families his name is Richard Musso. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great, Joe. Excellent, excellent. I know we're, uh, people are battling the flu and that and, and, Not and, me. and such, but, uh, and we'll get to that a little later with, our, with our, our second guest. But on the line, we have former guest, and uh, he's just was inducted t- into the uh, International Trial Lawyers Hall of Fame. Storied career here in San Diego and around the country. He's one of the premier trial attorneys uh, in, in the country, I would have to say. And he's a resident of uh, Rancho Santa Fe, and his name is Vince Bartolotta, Jr. Vince, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Joe, yeah. how are you? Great. Congratulations on your 40 years and 40th anniversary in the industry, and uh, you sure have carved a unique path, haven't you? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, 40 years doing this kind of work, just working for plaintiffs and people that are in need, we... Uh, feel very good about what we do. Yeah. And of course, you're, you're right up there underneath Mr. A's. What year did you move into that Mr. A's building, Vince? Well, this will be, I think, our 30, about our 36th or 7th year here. Yeah. And you have the, what, the entire, what is it, 11th floor, is it? or 11th floor. Yeah. Great view. I'm looking out over the city <laughs> right now, this wonderful city with the bright sunshine while the rest of the world's freezing. Gotcha. You know, I love having dinner there and seeing that the airplanes are actually flying lower than where I'm sitting. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great building. You know, I often thought they should do a, a live TV newscast from, from right where you're sitting and use that backdrop. But uh, I, I guess people aren't that uh, innovative. But uh, it, it, well, anytime you guys want to come up and do one from our front balcony, I'm sure we could arrange that. We'll, we'll do a radio show from there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said TV, Richard. You can't see it from the radio. But so what? but why not? We can we can talk about radio, too. Hey, uh, Vince, any big cases that you're working on that we should know about or? Well, we have a lot of different cases that mm-hmm. are important uh, mm-hmm. uh, to the people that we represent. Sure, yeah. I guess we always you, have something going. I guess you can't talk about ones that are pending litigation, but uh, uh, I know you've had several legendary cases, including the, one of the first ones with that young that young uh, teenager who climbed the pole and got his arm and leg burned off pretty much, right? And uh, no one would take the case except you, and uh, I think that was one of your signature early cases, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very early on. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful young man. He's gone on to uh, actually saved when he was in college uh, with having only one arm. He saved a young girl's life who walked through a plate glass window, and he saw it happen. It severed her arm, and he ran up and uh, put on a compression uh uh, bandage. bandage with his own clothes and held her calm until she... Uh, was tended to, and then he counseled her through how to learn to deal with uh, one arm wow. gone. So you've saved you've saved a couple of lives. Your your career, Vince. I mean, you had a. I know we had you on the show for uh, for an entire segment, but gosh, I mean, soccer kind of saved your life, didn't it? You were an outstanding All American soccer player in, in college, right? 
uh, I did and had the good fortune of being a first alternate for the uh, 1968 Olympics. Mm. So soccer was very good. It got me educated. Otherwise, I would have never been able to go to college and or law school. Right. And the Marines, of course. Hey, we should also oh, you ma- bet. Yeah, we should also mention, I almost forgot, you are the current president. You just were inducted uh, uh, as president of the San Diego Nice Guys, which is another phenomenal organization. And um, you're looking forward to another great year with them, right? Well, I'm very proud of of that uh, honor, uh, President of the Nice Guys. Mm -hmm. We've helped uh, uh, about $19 million worth of money put back into the local community for the people in need in town. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing a lot of people don't may not know is, and I think this is what attracts people to want to join, is the fact that there is no paid staff. All you folks do uh, all the work yourselves. You interview the people asking for grants and, and, and gifts, and, uh, and you do all the work uh, individually, right? Yeah, no one in the organization is paid a cent. We just pony up our own money, mm-hmm. pay for everything, and take care of the people in the city who literally fall through the cracks, yeah. where there's no other organization that would help them in any way, and we give them the hand up to get them back on track rather than a handout. And, of course, the uh, the big event you have at the stadium every year, that was in December again. That, that How was that this year? That was fabulous. We had about 2,000 people, about 800 families that mm-hmm. we took care of mm-hmm. for Christmas. And then I think, as you know, we raised enough money to uh, bring $75,000 worth of supplies to the 1st Marine Division uh, in Camp Pendleton. While their uh, their uh, fathers and mothers were deployed, we took care of the families. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of people come back that uh, to the club and thank you, members of the military or whatever, because I know you, you will help someone out. Let's say someone's deployed and the, and the wife's car breaks down or something, and you guys will somehow muster up... Uh, donate an automobile or a repair or something and and uh, you must get some great thank you letters and uh, back right well the the nicest thing we the answer is yes we do and uh, when they write them back usually their comments are thanks so much and i'm going to pay it forward mm-hmm. i'm going to do a kindness to somebody else that's in mm-hmm. need now i know you had peter seidler owner of the padres uh he was honored as san diego nice guy of the year which is a, a very esteemed uh, award also uh, former guest of this show right former guest of the show um uh any idea who the nominees might be for this year or is it still too early to tell it's too early we're uh starting to work on that right now but when you mention uh pete he's uh um so in still involved with the nice guys the fact that our first General meeting is tomorrow, the 24th, mm-hmm. at Petco Park right. uh, with Pete Seidler. Right. So oh, he's going to be there? It'll be interesting. Well, I will be there, too, by the way. that We have to thank Denise Willette Friedman because she keeps inviting me to these things, and I, I, it's always a thrill and a lot of fun. You folks have a lot of fun. I mean, I, if every charity had as much fun as, as the nice guys, there'd be— There'd be a thousand more of them, right? I well, mean, our catch our catchphrase is we put the fun back in fundraising. <laughs> I don't know if my liver can hand, handle much more, but I'll do the best I can. So. <laughs> well, you should you should get off your butt and join us. You know, yeah, Joe. Well, uh, we'll think about. It. I, I know I've got a lot of a lot going on this year, as as does, does everybody. But um, so so let's see. Why don't you had your great family? Well, let's just name your uh, give the names of your family because they were at the uh, um, the Prado when you got your great uh, trialors, uh, inter- the international induction there. Uh, so and your son gave some well, uh, very. Moving it was speech. an induction into the San Diego Trial Lawyers Hall of Fame. Okay, which again I'm quite proud of. Right. 
But let's just thank your family. So name your wife and your kids and, and all and your grandkids because uh, they, were, they were terrific. Well, we had Judy, my right. wife of, uh, of 50 years this mm-hmm. this year. Congratulations. 50, mm-hmm. 50 years, that poor woman has stayed with me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my oldest son, Vincent, and his wife, Rachel, and then my second son, Brett Anthony, and his wife, Heidi, and their two children, Katie and Becca, mm-hmm. were there. And then my third son, Garrett, and his wife, Carrie, and... Uh, their son, who is too small, uh, McCoy, and the next little one, uh, Cooper, uh, those two little ones were not there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number four son, Nicholas, and his lovely wife, Jenna. Mm-hmm. So they all came and honored me, and I was proud to have them all there. Yeah, and your son, I guess Brett was the designee to give the the, the speech uh, t- to you, right? Uh, was that he, uh, right? He he did. Yeah. He did me proud. Yeah, you guys were magnificent. So, well, well, well deserved, Vince. Uh, you know, congratulations on your forty years, and we're just honored to have you on. And continue much continued success to you. Okay. Well, I appreciate that very much, Joe and Rich. Thank you also. Our pleasure. We're going to come right back with our guest Tony Sorge right after this. Hang on, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back with It's Your Money and Your Life. And that was great having Vince Bartolotta Jr. on. And uh, this segment and the rest of the show, we have a very special guest, a good friend of Richard, who he's known many, many years. He's the CEO of Genlantis, and his name is Tony Sorge. And, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So, um, Richard, shall we take it away? Why don't you yeah, take it away? Yeah, let's take it away. So, Tony, we'd like to start like with your background and your history, like where you came from, where you were born, where you went to school. And, of course, we always love to hear about how you made it out to sunny San Diego. Okay. Uh, good question. I grew up on the East Coast, and I grew up in that famous state of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, went to college uh, in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, after I graduated UPenn, I got involved in uh, my family's business and did that for about six years. About one year into working with my family, I said, I got to find something new in life and spent the next five making money and saving up and figuring out a way I could uh, move out of New Jersey. Um, About 1983 or 84, I got smart and I took a a vacation to San Diego. Was it your first time here? It was. And and my brother actually was uh, working at Scripps Clinic. He sure. was a researcher at Scripps. Okay. Did, did we get into your educational background? Yeah, no, we, we did, Joe. Okay, you, were, right. you were changing I, the thermostat or I something. I was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got my headsets off. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. keep going. Yeah, so my brother uh, uh, was living in San Diego at the time. We took a vacation out here, and I, I just loved it. San Diego is such a beautiful place to live. And I told myself, all right, I'm going to figure out something where I can move to California and change careers and, you know, build a new life. Um, I came out here uh, with with a couple ideas in mind, but changed after I started educating myself what was available. Remember, this was 1983. Okay. And it was before cell phones. and Before computers. Before right? computers. Yep. And at, at life on, was so easy back then. <laughs> at least on a commercial level. <laughs> So I was looking at different opportunities, and I remember spending two weeks looking for something I could change my life and move out to California. And I remember getting frustrated, and I was at my brother's apartment sitting on the couch. <laughs> and Him or he or you? <laughs> I was after okay. working for two weeks straight, scratching my head. Uh-huh. 
And I remember uh, looking on his coffee table, and there was this uh, journal, not a journal, but a, a catalog from a company called Amersham. And they were a life sciences supplier uh, to researchers in the market. And they sold what I call are the genetic picks and shovels. So basically tools that people need mm -hmm. uh, to do the research. So I was thumbing through the catalog and I saw an item called Lambda DNA. And I saw that they sold it for, they sold 10 micrograms of this Lambda DNA for $100. Okay. And a microgram is a millionth of a gram. Yeah, I was going to say it's very small. <laughs> a very small amount and yeah. 10 micrograms for $100. So I quickly calculated and I go, hey, that's $10 million a gram. Right. And the first question I asked my brother, I go, is this legal? <laughs> so you want to become a drug dealer, is this it? <laughs> but it was okay. legal, so it was okay. Um, <laughs> right. So the next questions were, do you know how to make it? And he goes, yeah, I think I can make that. Uh, second question was um, how fast? How fast, <laughs> and what what equipment do we need to make something like that? Yeah. He said, "Well, we we need you know laboratory space. We need a centrifuge. We need this. We need that." So we went through a list, and that's basically the, the time where I decided, okay, this is this is going to be my new career. I knew a little bit of uh, science, but not a lot. And you know, he was the expert. I was you know, fairly proficient in running a small business. And, you know, this was a startup. So what was your major in college? It was natural science. Okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, I took a lot of chemistry and yep. biology classes and even took a few business classes within the Wharton School. So just to prep myself for business. And um, so we started up the company in 1984 and, um, it took off. It was we came up with two or three original products, and one of our first product that we made sold a million dollars in the first year. Wow. That company was called Strategene, right? It was called Strategene, right? Okay. And you know we're both looking at each other. We go, this is great. So should we just stick with this one product? And you so know, about four years later, you were <laughs> yeah. you were Ernst and Young gave you this award about only about three four years later, right? I mean, Entrepreneur of the Year, right? I mean, that's, yeah, the, that's a big the deal. company was extremely successful, and the timing was great. The early '80s biotech. Where, where was, was your first uh, plant or facility? It was in Sorrento Valley. Okay. So we had, it was slightly under a thousand square feet. It was a dinky little space and we had one laboratory bench and we had one office. Were you near Qualcomm at all? Because they were over, yeah. Pretty close. Qualcomm was, actually, I got a funny story. There was, before Qualcomm got started, um, they had a, a spot in the building that we leased for mm. strategy. And I think the company was called Linkabit. That's it. Linkabit. Correct. Linkabit. Mm -hmm. Harvey White and all yeah. that. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And we were, we were just a, a bunch of young 20-something kids, and, uh, you know, we're playing Led Zeppelin loud, too, you know, the, you know, we had these hoaxes, like, if we didn't play rock music, our preps wouldn't come out well, right. and, <laughs> and the poor guys at Linkabit, they were writing software code, I think they were through the next wall, and <laughs> that's... I, and Erwin was blasting the classical music, wow. Exactly, so... <laughs> So uh, it was like Ozzy Osbourne living next door to Pat Boone, which is a true story. They were next door neighbors in oh, Beverly Hills. Oh my god! Yeah, really? so it was it was pretty funny. They were next door, and you know we we had our space. And did you guys get along, or uh, we didn't really have you know much interaction. They, they were writing code, and mm -hmm. we were like 
doing molecular biology, and mm-hmm. and I wish I got to know him a little better. I probably would invest in it. Yeah, what about a few, about a few <laughs> bucks of stock? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's great. So, um, so you well, guys grew rapidly. You grew up to what? About three hundred employees by the time that you exited. That's correct. And wow. we were we were doubling every year, as I said, like in eleven we, years. Yeah, yeah, we did like um, as I said, a million the first year, two, four, mm-hmm. eight, sixteen, thirty. It was it was like exponential growth, and then we finally figured out, well, you can't keep doing exponential growth. Yeah, forever. <laughs> so we we started getting disappointed when we were growing sixty percent a year instead right. of a hundred. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Wow. So you had a non-compete, and it took you – you had to wait three years to start up your Genlantis, right? Yeah, and in between, um, I enjoy music, and you know, I got into doing stuff that had nothing to do with biotech, so I set up a little uh, music studio. And... Let's hear about that. <laughs> what, what, what kind of music? Pop or rock or what? This was, this was in the middle of the 90s, so it was like R&B rap type stuff. And okay. It, I knew very little of it. Did about rap, but I, you know, I had a pretty good background. You did this in San Diego. Or? Did it in San Diego. And what did you do? You recorded some artists and tried to we promote d- their. We rap, did a few artists and um, anybody take off that we should know about, or, um, or anybody we should not know about. <laughs> <laughs> it was marginally successful, but I, I, what I could say, I had a lot of fun doing it. Well, that's cool. <laughs> and um, another story in in the music uh, background is, you know, I've been playing keyboards for a long time and one of my hobbies is collecting synthesizers these moog synthesizers oh, yeah. they're like electronic keyboards oh, okay. and you know for anyone that grew moody, up when when i moody did blues moody right. blues yeah. and there was a are you familiar with well, the emerson lake and palmer oh sure oh, yeah, yeah, oh sure. sure i got sure. a great story um I, I had this mini moog synthesizer and uh when my, my dad bought it for me when i was like 17 years old Love the thing, and about four or five years ago, I saw that the the Moog company, they were doing this uh, recreation of a Moog synthesizer that Keith Emerson played back in the day. Wow. And um, I called up the company, and I said, I want to buy one of those, and they told me the price, and I nearly died. What did they say, 70000 or something? $150,000. 150000 <laughs> I nearly died. And Were they I, in the East Coast? Where were they? Uh, yeah, the Moog company was, I believe they were at, yeah, they were in North Carolina. Okay. Had a shop there. Right. And I said, the only reason I'm going to buy this instrument, if you introduce me to Keith Emerson. Okay. I go, you know, it's only logical. You're, you're putting his name on it. They're right. calling it the Emerson Modular Moog Synthesizer. And, and he should be happy anybody remembers him. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just he was great. So what happened? So they go, no way. Are you crazy? He doesn't work for us. He's, you know, he's got his own schedule, but, you know. And I said, all right, forget it. Keep your $150,000 synthesizer. So two days later, I get a call back and, all right, Mr. Sorge, uh, Mr. Emerson uh, agreed to meet with you, but it'll be on his time, his space, his, you know, schedule. His schedule. Yeah. I go, fine, I'll fly to London. I'll have lunch, whatever he wants. Hold that thought because okay. that's a good cliffhanger. Yeah. We're going to come back with Tony Sorge, CEO of Genlanders, with all these great stories right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. We couldn't do the show without our sponsors. At the top of the list, hey, it's tax season, why not? We got two groups of CPAs. We love them so much. Signature Analytics, that was last week's guest. Jason Kruger did a great show, a great CFO service company for rapidly growing companies. Signature Analytics, also more traditional CPAs, Pluto Epic CPAs, 
up in San Marcos, Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, our great friend Joel Grushkin, like me, a San Diego State basketball fan. Man, we are suffering. But anyway, Joel Grushkin in his professional life runs cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, Paul Hines. Paul is going to be a guest, I believe, in early March, if memory serves. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, a great wealth advisory firm, fiduciary firm. And he also heads up SeniorSafeAndSound.org, an initiative here in, here in San Diego that helps to prevent the financial abuse of the elderly. Also, BFO Hub and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients, and then also offering a virtual family office solution. Also, Michelle St. Clair. Boy, she's been in every magazine in town recently. Articles about the great work that Elite Lifestyle Management does. A great concierge company that helps people like me who have no time save time, whether simple things that need to be done, like travel arrangements, to more complicated things, like getting into the most difficult to get in movie premiere in Hollywood last year that we got into, right, Joe? Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes, Elite Mm -hmm. Lifestyle Management with Michelle St. Clair. Also, Happy Tax. Happy Tax, a great app-based, paperless, income tax return preparation service that has really, really affordable pricing. And if you're sick and tired of giving your CPA tons of paperwork, Happy Tax is a great solution. And Joe, a lot of our listeners skip dinner because they love our show so much, and we can help people who are getting hungry. By the way, we have a new food sponsor. That's Solana Beach Coffee Company. I'm going to talk about them more later on another show or two down the road. But you got some cool ones, too. Absolutely. The Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Cicarelli Lirac, putting on great foodie events and broadcasting events uh, throughout the year. And also the Stats Coffee Houses, the original in Normal Heights, uh, University Heights, and a new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365. And uh, great food, great people watching, and great beverages and coffee. And I know many of these sponsors have been working you with, uh, working with you, Richard. Working for, with me, yeah, for, for almost three decades, yeah, Joe. So yes, with great success. And of course, if you go to iwinemoney.com, there's a sponsor tab. They're all there. Yep, a lot of information, all the contact information, and uh, any or all of them can help you all with your lives and businesses. So there you have it. Um, now, time to get back to Tony. And, uh, and by the this, way, Justin, we need some Emerson Lake and Palmer music. <laughs> Coming in into the fourth segment well, or something, okay? Well, okay. Just, just anyway. Giving you, giving you a warning. So back so, to the story. Yeah. He was, you're, so you, Mr. Emerson said he was willing to meet with you. Yeah, you're heading to London. Let's hear what happened. Yeah, so I figured they'd call me back and say, okay, Mr. Emerson can meet you on whatever, May 11th. You got to fly to London, and he right. only has 10 minutes to meet <laughs> with you or something like that. So we got this monster of a... A Moog synthesizer delivered to my house. It's really it, big, right? It's 500 pounds. Wow. Was, <laughs> so we basically had to get it earthquake-proof, too. We kind right. of have it clamped on where it's not going to fall over. So they sent a technician. He came down once or twice. And the second time, he goes, I'm coming down. I have to do a few adjustments to these oscillators and modulators or whatever this tech speak. And he said, do you mind if I bring Keith with me? And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go, what? You you have a technician named Keith? No, Keith Emerson. <laughs> I go, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I was like pinching myself. It's right. like uh, I get to meet my... So he came to your house? He wound up uh, four hours later. He, he came down with his girlfriend and another technician that worked at Moog, Moog Synthesizer. And before he came down, I invited a bunch of my friends. I go, 
you got to come over. I got someone, a celebrity, going to be in my house. And so he came over. We have all this equipment. What, what, what year is this, by the way? This is... It was a few years ago. It was uh, two, two, three years ago. Okay. This happened. It was pretty recent. Okay. So he he comes to my my house, and, you know, I spent all, all afternoon trying to set up everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. He's going to come here. He's going to play on, you know, some of the, the instruments we have set up. So he came over and you know, he goes, well, I'm, I wasn't really prepared to play anything. And I go, well, you know, okay, that's fine. Let's just have a, you know, here's okay. some more d'oeuvres and, you know, here's a Beverage. glass of wine and right. this mm-hmm. and that. So he drinks a glass of wine. He goes, well, maybe I could test out something over here. So okay. he got on the electric piano, started playing the piano. And we had the keyboard to the Moog right above it. And he did started. You re- did you record any of this, by the way? Some of it. All we right. have it okay. on. Wow. We have it on my Facebook a little bit, a little sequence. Of, cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> so right. he started jamming. He goes, well, why don't you guys jam along with me? So my son's a really good musician, and he, he got to play with Keith, and, wow. and it was it was a terrific experience. How old is that guy now, about 78 or so? Yeah, he, he unfortunately passed about a year. Oh, really? A year yeah. or two. I said Greg Lake. In wow. Greg Lake, yeah. So yeah. those... Those guys had a wonderful life and probably a lot of fun, and yeah. you know they passed before their time. But it, unless it, you're Keith Richard, yeah. in which case you have like seven lifetimes and will never die. <laughs> I was at the uh, the Desert Trip concert mm. in uh, last year, and Mick Jagger got on stage and he goes, "I know why you people are here." He goes. This is the catch them before they croak concert. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, getting back, Keith, Keith was a terrific guy. We got to jam with him. My son got to play piano. He, he knows a lot of Embers Lake and Palmer songs. My son and Keith was really impressed. He goes, wow. up, up. Mm. Glad I'm passing the torch off to the youth. Good kid. Hmm. So Moog is, um, that, that was a, an actual guy named M-O-O-G, right? Yeah, M-O-O-G. Robert, Robert yeah. Moog. Moog. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's like Kurzweil, one of those guys, right? One of these yeah, visionaries. Exactly, yeah. and he he was a genius for all that type of electronic yeah. music. Is he still around? No, no, he he unfortunately passed as well. All these yeah. geniuses are gone. Yeah, there there must be a good jam session going on somewhere. Well, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen eventually, unless some scientist comes up with the immortal. Uh, well, actually, Kurzweil. They said with nanotechnology and um, and all this. Uh, re, um, regeneration of tissues that we can be flirting with immortality because if you need a new heart, a new kidney, this, eye, brain, uh, how close are we to that? I keep telling people if you can figure out a way to live another 30, 40 years, you're probably going to live another 200. Wow. So, And the planet's not crowded enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> Depends where you are, Joe. But if you're, I, if you're I, in L.A., it's too crowded. Well, like otherwise. my dad used to say, money, money goes to money, and you know what goes to the dumps. So anyway. But, but Tony, you, um, you've got a really cool – I mean, since Jen Lantis, you're doing something really neat now. Well, we're talking about first responders now. Yep, yep. Um, tell, tell us about that because everybody's got the flu except ex- me. Exactly. Yeah, what was the genesis? Where you, what was the problem that you saw, and, and what is this trying to okay. solve? Okay. Um, my company, Genlantis, makes a, a, a collection of tools for molecular biologists and cell biologists. Pretty much what I said earlier, the genetic picks mm-hmm. and shovels. Mm-hmm. We, we have a collection, a basket like that. Yeah. Uh, about four or five years ago, we got a lot of uh, feedback from researchers that their cell culture room got contaminated, their prep got contaminated, mm-hmm. they... Um, you know, they spent all this time and labor on research products, and somehow, you know, some bug got, you know, mixed in with some of their research. And mm-hmm. some of these bugs are pretty, pretty, um, 
destructive for experiments, and sometimes they have to shut down the whole mm-hmm. lab and pull all the equipment out and buy all new reagents. And, and, very, uh, and very resistant, too? Or? Well, you know, certain things, it depends on what they're working on. You mm-hmm. know, a lot, of, a lot of researchers are working with non-pathogenic things, but mm-hmm. still equally important when they're trying to do their studies. So we came up with a product that uses ozone gas, and ozone is just oxygen with an extra oxygen uh, molecule on it. So it's O3. Mm-hmm. Some people call it... Instead of O2. Yeah, instead yeah. of O2. And uh, ozone is probably the world's strongest uh, oxidizer. Okay. So when you fumigate with ozone or you put it into um, purifying water, it works about 50 times faster than Clorox bleach for, for killing any types of infections. Purifying, right? And purifying. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we figured out that it, it's not hard to produce ozone gas. You basically run a voltage charge over plates, mm-hmm. and the voltage essentially uh, changes O2 into O3, and you blow it out with fans. So we introduced this product to the research market, and we said, all right, put it in your incubator, you know, pull all your stuff mm-hmm. out, put it in there, and, you know, wipe it down first, do the best you can, but finish it off with ozone gas. And they really liked the product. Mm-hmm. So uh, two years ago, we said, all right, where else can we go, you know, make this product? And we visited a local ambulance company in San Diego called mm-hmm. AMR. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. AMR is the largest ambulance yeah, company huge. in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's hold that thought yeah. right there, Tony, and we'll so, show how this has um, percolated throughout the country. That right this. We'll be back with Tony Sawyer right after this. I can play this. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. All then right. We are back with Tony Sawyer, CEO of Genlanis. I like that, Justin. ELP. Yes. Great job. We're deviating from our TV themes just for Tony today, so that's uh, that's. But great. welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're thank in our final quarter. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So first, hyphenresponder.com, and tell us about how you uh, proliferated amongst the uh, ambulance community and first responder. How would it how would Okay. Uh, we, we brought our, our box uh, that we use for the laboratory over to AMR, and they said, okay, let's try this in one of our ambulances. So we took some swabs before we used our box and, you know, basically stored them. And we said, okay, let's do our ozonation with our, our box. So mm-hmm. we did it, and we took some more samples after we did our ozone. Uh, essentially, they, they were shocked about what was growing in their ambulance prior to using our box. And imagine. it knocked down everything that was growing inside the ambulance and then some. So they said, we love your product, but it doesn't look like something that we can use unless you put it in one of our orange pelican cases. Mm. (laughs) So so we redesigned the product, put it in inside of one of their handheld pelican Mm -hmm. cases, which is durable and flexible, and Mm -hmm. they're, they're used to using it. And uh, we came out with the product a couple years ago, and AMR loves them. They're starting to, um, you know, buy them up all over different places. And we actually got a call from one of their sites in Ventura where they had the Thomas fires. Mm -hmm. And they said, Tony, could we use your uh, sterilizer for getting rid of smoke smell because their ambulance are on site and – Basically, the smoke just fumigated. Sure. They couldn't even get inside their ambulances. Because mm. yeah, ozone is a purifier. Well, but, yeah. You know. And, you know, the smoke smell got inside of their ambulance. And he said, can, I, can we try your box? And it, 
I gave him the box, and they purified. He called me. He goes, I had no idea how well ozone gets rid of smoke. Wow. And, and they, wow. Actually, they actually use it in hotels for smokers you know, to get mm-hmm. rid of it. It's used it in the water supply. It's, it's not a brand-new technology, but we're finding applications, and we're bottling the technology. And You're just enhancing it. We're enhancing right? it, making yeah. it easier but, but for Tony, people the, to use. The other thing is, is I, I always have to go to hospitals to visit friends who are sick or in poor health or whatever, because I'm in my late 50s, so it happens, you know, I guess, to all my friends at that age. And I hate going to hospitals because every time I walk in, I'm healthy, and about two days later after I leave a hospital, I get sick. Because there's so many germs in a hospital. And so I tell people now, if you go to the hospital, I'm not going to visit you (laughs) because I don't want to get sick. You're supposed to get well at the hospital. You're supposed to get well, not sick. You're doing it in reverse. I know. But, I mean, there must be an application for hospitals, right? Absolutely. Um, The thing with ozone, it it works terrific. It's it's great for a sealed-off area because Mm -hmm. you can't inhabit the room while you're using ozone. Okay. So uh, we recently came up with uh, another product that is – a ultraviolet light source that's on a rolled cart. So it has these two giant ozone bulbs that you wheel into a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, you, you can't inhabit the room when, when this is on, but, right. but basically you turn on, and within 15 minutes, ultraviolet light, which is UVC, is a specific germicidal wavelength that our bulbs are. It's 254 nanometers, and that, that basically is destruction for all pathogens. Mm. So, does this help get rid of staph too? Because I know absolutely. staph infections are a huge problem. Methicillin resistant staph aureus, MRSA. Now you just uh, got to get the doctors and nurses to wash their hands. That's before. right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and then yeah. we came out with a, a, a handheld product where basically you could just shine it on counters where nurses are working mm-hmm. or where patients were so they can quickly use it when, with people in the room. As long as, you know, they're just shining it effectively where Ooh, it is. Now, here's, I see we have the locker rooms, and the locker rooms would be a great one, right? I see you have the uh, fire department. Yeah. It looks like yep. a fire department here, a, first, a, a yep. duffel bag sterilizer. Yep, yep. But, boy, that, I think about that uh, college and pro sports in the locker room because uh, these guys <laughs> or are Or even getting, worse, high school. Well, these guys are getting, <laughs> That's right. yeah. That's right. The, uh, these guys are getting staph infections all the time. All right? the time. Yeah, yeah, the football and wrestling Merce. locker rooms it definitely could use, you know, uh, wow. equipment such as that. So we're, we're really excited. I, I've been in biotech for 30 years, and these, these products are really enjoyable to sell. This is great. They're, they're fulfilling. It's, yeah. and it's, but and but it, also in terms of protecting first responders. I know they show up on scenes of accidents where there's blood and all kinds of bodily fluids all over the place, and they start trying to help people, and then they get sick. That's right. And uh, we created a couple products where one's a, uh, a sterilizer in a Pelican-type case so mm-hmm. they, they could throw all their instruments that they used. Mm-hmm. Um, or we came out with these duffel bags that have sterilizers where firemen, EMS, mm-hmm. they could throw uh, contaminated gear inside sure. these bags, press a button, and you know they basically could have sterilized clothes instead of bringing them back to the right. station or the ambulance company or or even just getting in their car and bringing them back home. You know right. if they could basically sterilize their clothing, where it's you know would definitely so much safer. I bet the Department of Defense might like to take a look at this too for uh, medics working in in war zones, right? And exactly, you know. and I I think the applications are pretty much worldwide where you can use tools that have been around for, you know, almost a century. Ozone, they knew about ozone a century ago. Mm-hmm. Um, UV light, actually UV light was used a lot in the 30s 
in the 1950s, and it helped eradicate tuberculosis. Hmm. And then I think uh, the pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> and they got smart, and they said, all right, let's come out with some antibiotics, you know, and there was a whole wave. Antibiotics are, you know, obviously one of the essential tools for mm-hmm. eradicating infections, but a lot of these... Uh, it's been abused over the years. It's been it? abused, yeah. and these pathogens become resistant. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, these antibiotics become resistant, and the only way to kill them sometimes are using really sophisticated antibiotics or the best step that we use and I think is useful ahead of time is try to stop people from getting infected first. Yeah, you're in the the prevention business. Yeah, prevention. The antibiotics suggest that you have to be sick to use them. That's right. So So just don't get sick to begin with. Uh, That's why this is so important. So this might help also. I mean, we have flu bugs going around right now. By the way, does this this take care of MRSA and and every every pathogen out there, by the way? It sure does. Wow. And and there's different, you know, depending on whether you're using UV light or ozone, you Mm -hmm. just have to basically... Uh, give it enough to kill it, where where actually it happens pretty fast. I'm amazed how fast ozone and UV light kill pathogens. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sepsis, all this. This is great. So um, let's give the website one more time. Uh, first-responders.com. Dash is a hyphen. First-responder.com. Yeah. Right? And we also have a, um, <clears throat> a Facebook page honoring uh, first responders. So we try to... Uh, <laughs> We, we try to get, if you just uh, search first responder, no hyphen on that one on Facebook, you'll, you'll come to our Facebook page. And Justin well. is coughing, so we're going to do this room. <laughs> we're going to do this room right after the show let, is let, done. That's right. Let me bring all of yeah. our devices now. Now, Tony, we just, just, just to switch gears for a moment, we had uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on uh, a, c- a couple weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Because I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, CBD and cannabis. And, and what, what are your thoughts on uh, the emerging CBD uh, industry and, and – um, because you know a lot of people confuse cannabis with uh, people just want to take it to get intoxicated, and I think there's a lot of medical applications for endocannabinoids, um, right? I agree, and um, I'm not an expert by by all means in in any of that, but uh, I I understand that there's a lot of applications. People can use cannabis for treating different ailments, and mm-hmm. um, I mean there's salves, there's bombs, there's topicals, there's things that you know you can use for 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 skin and um, which I'm using for for eczema and it's actually helping quite a bit. Yeah, but I think but Jeff the, Sessions should just go smoke some pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually at the uh, the IACP in Philadelphia where Jeff Sessions spoke okay. a couple months ago. What, is, what does that stand for? The IACP. It's the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Okay. Oh. So Jeff Sessions spoke there, and you know I was curious uh, about you know. And he was more against uh, crackdown on opioids, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're going to do anything with cannabis. Yeah, they're they're basically going to let it go. Yeah. But opioids and meth those are those are the huge those are the, the those are the huge problems. They're serious. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to your sterilizer, I mean, it looks like uh, the sky's the limit. It, it almost looks like there's almost every business, every home there's a, can I, have a use for this, right? Yeah, you know, if they're safely used. And, you know, you just follow the instructions on how to use them safely. We, we've been focusing mainly on first responders, you know, they, in, in hospitals. Um, but, 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 but people die every year from getting sick in hospitals, right? Th- that's correct. In hospital-acquired infections. Yeah, hospital-acquired. HAIs. right. They yeah. knock off, you know, the, I saw a stat uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, 
it knocked off 99,000 people. And Jeez, they say, it's more than cancer. That's right. And they say cancer, it, more than prostate cancer and breast cancer combined. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, and and um, there's a lot of mistakes with the prescriptions, too, I, I guess. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I don't know what percentage it is. It probably is a very small percentage. But there's, there's, there's going to be mistakes in life. That's, that's, why right. we, that's, that's why right. we have Vince Bartolotta to, to thank for, to, to work on those things. <laughs> anyway, we have to wrap right there. Tony, really appreciate it. Tony oh, Soares, CEO it. of Genlatis <laughs> and, and First Responder.com. Thank you so much. Richard Musil, great seeing you. Thanks to Vince Bartolotta for Vince, being our congratulations. first guest. Absolutely. Justin Harder, board operator. Thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at KFMB for all their help. All these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com we'll see you next time bye bye